Thanks for tuning in to Good Vibrations with Kristen, where humanness meets spirituality. Are you ready to be inspired? Do you want to have a greater connection to the earth, each other, and ultimately yourself? Join in the conversation with Kristen Ace and her fascinating guests to share the light, laughter, and the illumination of good vibrations. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Good Vibrations with Kristen. I'm Kristen, and um, I just want to remind you that you can find me on my website, which is www.kristenace.com. And besides um, the podcast, I do storytelling and healing. So if you also want me to come for an event or a small party or a large party, I can tailor the storytelling to the topic that you want to focus on at that event or party. So just keep that in mind and reach out to me. And also, love, love, love to hear anything that you became inspired about by listening to the show. So today we have just an amazing guest. Her name is Laura Blakeman. She's otherwise known as Shakti Sunfire, and she has an incredible organization called The Rhythm Way. It, uh, she offers retreats that create sy- systemic shifts in your perspective, which is so powerful. And I'm really happy to have her here today. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hello, Kristen. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here today. Oh, my gosh. I just so love cruising in your website. <laughs> um, really, it's just so powerful and empowering and also, it makes me feel um, really warm and safe, you know, like it's so mm. welcoming and, and grounding. Mm. Thank you. Thank oh. you. It's, it's, it was a labor of love, that's for sure. Yes. Isn't it always, though, these things that we yeah. put out into the world? Oh, my goodness. More so than we ever imagined going into it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I think if we knew, we might not do it. <laughs> exactly. One step at a time. That's exactly. always the trick. Exactly. You know, you have a question on your, on your website that says, how can I work through fear as a catalyst for evolution? And mm. I love that because I really feel like people actually run away from fear. They go, mm-hmm. oh, no, I don't want to feel that. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> So I think that's a really important thing to explore. What, do you, what are your thoughts around that? What do you do with the people who come to your retreats around that topic? You know, that's a really great question, and, it, and there's a lot of different ways that we can approach feelings of fear. And I think first and foremost, it's important to distinguish why fear arises for us. And, you know, of course, there's many, many, many different interpretations that we all make individually for why uh, fear arises, but really at the root, I look at fear as an indicator or an opportunity to explore something that maybe our small self is hiding from us. Mm. <laughs> so this could be, you know, those of you that are familiar with the term shadow or shadow work uh, from Jungian archetypal psychology. But, where, but I'm going to interrupt and ask you to explain that just a teeny bit for people who wouldn't, yeah. who who don't know what that is yet. Yes, no, exactly. I'm going right into that. So, oh, perfect. Um, yeah. So, uh, shadow can be described as something that uh, maybe is well. The word I like to use for it is perhaps a little more colorful. It's something that we've exiled mm. from ourselves, from our psyches, from from our way of seeing or perceiving the world and our place in it. 
Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with feelings or um, or ways of being that we know about ourselves but dislike. Right. It doesn't have to be a negative. It could be a really powerful way of approaching the world. For instance, uh, maybe like that very famous Marianne Williamson, Williamson quote where she says something along the lines of, it's um, not our inadequacy that we most fear, but our, our, our power, our Correct. ability to shift or change the world. And at some point along the, the way, usually early on in our lives, we realize that, um, you know, an aspect or a power that we perhaps possess is unsafe to wield, either in our given family environments or social circumstances or what have you. And so we unintentionally and really unknowingly exile that Peace. Yes. And one of the ways that it shows up is, uh, you know, our, our small selves, as I like to say it, the, the ones that want to keep us safe, that really did serve a purpose, you know, at, at, a, at a certain time, to, so they're not to be um, criticized, right, for their task. Uh, their task is just no longer helpful anymore. And it comes right. up through fear. It comes up through uh, maybe attention or... Um, you know, something in the air where we're, where we're realizing, okay, this is territory that really could shift my life, could mm-hmm. shift my perspective, could shift my world. And, um, yeah, we're not really given in our, in our society now today, we're not really given many opportunities or many resources for how to navigate that. Uh, we're just told, hey, fear is bad. Let's stay away from it. <laughs> or, or we're told, well, the reason why you have fear is because when we were cavemen or cave women, you know, right. we needed that fear to run away from whatever whatever animal uh, was going to kill us. So it's actually not a bad thing. It's inherent in your DNA, which right. is like, ah. Well, certainly there's fight or flight responses that, that are very present, but we're complex beings and there's there's many layers to even the way that our, our nervous system works and our brains respond to any given situation. And I would say let's let's distinguish between a knee-jerk reactive fear that's coming up because something in our outer environment is indeed unsafe and all of the little fears. It's like the fear of a loss of control in a given situation or the fear of, like, like we were saying before, becoming our fullest selves. What are the consequences for being uh, and standing in our wholeness, standing in our fullness, standing in what we know on the deepest level of our being we're capable of? Well, I There's think, fear that arises from that as well. <laughs> yes, there is. And, and I think for a lot of us, the fear of standing in your own self is actual exile. At least right. I'm going to speak for myself and say mm-hmm. that was my fear I didn't understand it or know that to be true. I grouped all my fears into flight or fight. So Mm -hmm. I thought all of the things that I was afraid of were just those mechanisms of I'm in danger. But Mm -hmm. the dangers were different. And the danger of being exiled from my family emotionally, Mm -hmm. that was very real to me as a kid. And and so that felt as dangerous to me as being chased by a tiger. At the right. age that I figured out, oh, I, I don't think that I should do this because I don't think people are going to like me if I do this, if I'm me. Mm-hmm. 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 And so I think yeah. that that is a real, that's a real feeling. But yeah. understanding it and differentiating that from, okay, um, you know, someone's coming at me with a submachine gun 
is important. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I love what you're saying here, Kristen, because it's, you know, the way that I see the world through my, based on my experience and the experience of working with so many men and women over the years is that one of our number one concerns, which is, uh, you know, in our DNA, <laughs> in the way our brain responds, <laughs> is belonging. Right. Is belonging. What right. do we belong to? And of course, this is coming from, you know, a biological perspective where we did actually have to be- belong to a tribal unit or community. And if we didn't belong, if we behaved outside of the social strata, uh, the norms of that society, we were exiled, and that did mean literal death. Mm-hmm. So let's be really clear. There is that impulse still very much present within, and it does take shape and form uh, even now today when getting exiled outside of our immediate family group or our, 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 our social atmosphere is not quite so life and death. And I think this is where a lot of the work that I do really focuses on, well, how do we balance this deep impulse to belong to something and our own uh, need, and in fact, need not just for ourselves, but for the well-being of our culture and community and, and ultimately the world to move and act and be and create authentically, mm-hmm. uh, true to oneself, true to one's soul, which could and most often is the case, especially inside of our immediate family groups, mm-hmm. that's often counter, um, you know, what's applauded or approved of, especially for those of us who, who tend to go our own way, right? That there's always some kind of authority to push back on. Well, and um, that, I'm, I'm just going to say that that, it's, a, it's subtle when you're little, but it is full-blown in your face in middle school because I, I have now a middle schooler and, and one child has already gone through middle school and my second now going through it and how difficult it is for all of these kids to um, be who they are and feel confident with that, but they need to fit in and it is a really mm-hmm. painful this mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. time, no matter what you think some kid has going on for them, they mm-hmm. need to fit in to be safe. And yeah. when you don't, you are ostracized and made fun of. And so, yeah. it, it's a, it, so it may be subtle when we're little, but by mm-hmm. the time we are in middle school, it is very clear that you must stick with the pack and do as other do, uh, others do. So how do we break from that massive training that we've received from a very young and tender and impressionable age as we move into our adulthood and we want to then expand and create and shift and change because you you and I know that we must do that to change how things are moving on earth today. There have to be different perspectives and outside of the box perspectives in order for us to clean up the earth. Right. So how do we do yeah, that? Uh, right. I mean, it's such a such a great question. Uh, and where I go with it is to bring up the idea that there are more than one ways to belong. And it's unfortunate mm. in our society right now, the way in which belonging is modeled is kind of uh, based on this patho-adolescence that goes on and continues through adulthood, which makes our our navigation in the world like one giant popularity contest based on fear, right? I want to belong, I want to be popular, I want to like fit in, I want to and it self-perpetuates because we don't understand that there's larger concentric circles to belong to. Right. For instance, <clears throat> larger truths like um, 
when we come into to our true work, when we really come into the larger story of what is inspiring each one of us as an individual to, to live and grow into our own truth, we realize, hey, we belong to a much longer, larger story. We belong to something that is collective and ancient and shared. We belong to something that could be called love. Mm-hmm. We belong to uh, our particular task, which I do believe each one of us has a task to to offer the world. It can only come from our own authenticity. Correct. So when we start self-referencing instead of externally referencing, which, you know, there's a lot of sick messaging out there. There's a lot of, <laughs> especially for our youth, you know, especially for these adolescents who's Oh, I and they, they are bombarded. Like, are you saving your legs? Are you wearing this outfit? Are yes. you going to be, do yes. you have this technological invi- invi- uh, device? So what's missing is a, is the central teaching to what adolescence is all about, which is uh, how do we become self-referential? How do we celebrate who we are as individuals in the context of a shared community environment? Right. right. Now, how to go about that is is tricky, but I think one of the ways is to provide youth and then ultimately adults with an opportunity to get really clear about what their particular gifts are. Mm-hmm. You know, again, in our, in our modern educational system, we're, we're given kind of a top-down, uh, learn and memorize, this is the way things are done kind of educational system in, in traditional education, where, as opposed to really facilitating the individual growth um, and wisdom inherent in each person that comes along with their gifts, like drawing out their potential, drawing out their gifts, helping students lean on who they know themselves to be, helping other students see that and celebrate it. Um, And I think to do that, we first need to um, learn how to communicate with each other because as and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with technology because I am right. as dependent on it as the next person. But I do realize that there are many situations, at least for my children today, where they want to have a text conversation about something that is not appropriate on text. And I say, nope, you got to go into school and mm-hmm. say, hey, I've got a free period here. I need to talk to you about and, and or grab them at lunch and say, this is how I'm feeling. And I'm telling you, most of the kids who deal with my children are always like, ah, oh my God, they're talking about feelings. And I said, you're not doing that over a text. Because you need right. to look into a person's eyes, you need to hear the timbre of their voice, and you need to let your, that person know that you are present. Right. So you can't. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's the basic art of just communicating with each other. So you could say to somebody, this is your gift. You do this well. This is really exciting mm-hmm. what you bring to the picture in a classroom instead of, well, you got a C plus in algebra. And so we right. think, you know, blah, 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 which, yep. you know, C right. plus. What does that really mean? <laughs> right. Cause a C plus in algebra isn't going to help us clean up the earth, but right. how you express yourself or what, what um, artwork you bring to the fray or what ideas you bring forward might very well solve poverty. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's a larger concentric circle of belonging. Mm-hmm. You realize it's mm-hmm. not just about your small self. It's interesting because the, the teaching is to go in and to really uh, uh, uncover, unveil for yourself your unique and particular gifts. And yet those gifts feed 
the overall, the whole, the community, and then ultimately the planet, right? We belong to large, larger, widening, concentric circles of belonging, right. which is ultimately really powerful. Yes. And, you know, I know empowering is a word that's thrown out a lot, but truly empowering because you realize that it doesn't matter if so-and-so next to you is criticizing, you know, your gift or your, who you are. It doesn't mean ultimate exile. It means you can be self-referential for the larger story that you're contributing to. Well, and I think and yeah, that communication is a huge part of that. Being able to even see that is a, is a shift in perception. Right. And I love what you said about the larger picture because I think people forget about it. I know I do, and I'm an adult, and I forget, yes. oh, wait, there's a bigger picture than just my my little world here and that my little world actually – I want to go back to fears, the fear that always is like at the base of anything that frightens the crap out of me is things that happened to me in high school. And it comes Mm -hmm. back and comes back and comes back for me to remember that there is a bigger picture for me to look at and that Mm -hmm. those events can happen in, in, in my adult life, but they aren't those events because I'm not that person. And then I can seek right. to go outside of what is my little world with my little my family and my friends. And I can say, all right, but this is what I do for the world at large. Right. But that's taken me practice over the years to remember to step right. outside of the, bo- of the box that I've created in, in my own adult world. Right. Yep. So, I mean, I think that that's the central practice as a growing, evolving, developing adult is to continue to take down the boxes, step right. out of the boxes, take down the walls. Right. And so you do that. You help people do that with your with your retreats, which I think is Yeah, really... I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> it's very exciting, though, to be able to have that opportunity and then to, and to be with a group of people who also want to break through the barriers of an old right. fear that doesn't serve them any yeah. longer. Well, I, yes, exactly. And I think it's part of the, you know, it's an innate uh, pull or longing in the heart of each human being to continue to to grow, to continue to seek freedom, you know, yes. psychological, psycho-spiritual freedom, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we have that inborn in us. And, um, you know, there's not that many resources that speak to it um, that are that are truly liberating and, and let me just say that my understanding of, of what really works is when we can get into an experiential again experiential as in we're directly experiencing and it's not coming from any external you know guru philosophy or anything like that we're directly re- self-resourcing pulling from our own wisdom and and um, and affirming for ourselves, that's when something truly becomes transformational in, in, a, in a systemic way, in a shifting way. Well, that's in, and I agree with you because we can read all we want, but unless right. we are actually experiencing it. I am a, I'm an experienced learner. I'm, I mean, I was horrible at book learning, but mm-hmm. when I'm in the midst of it and I'm learning, I'm great. And I, I was actually at a family event this weekend where um, – where one person in the family just doesn't like me, just doesn't like me. And and I was immediately brought back to high school and all that stuff. And then I was like, wait a minute, mm. one person out of, let's just say 25, 25 people 
who adore me and love that I'm part of their world and all of this stuff. And I'm going to let one person decide for me how I'm going to experience this incredible family event that I was part of. And, and I had to make a choice. Am I going to choose to feel like I did when I was 15 or am I just going to be me and know that 25 out of these 26 people love having my energy in the room? Right. But it, it, takes, yeah. it takes utter consciousness for me to talk to myself, to pray, to get quiet, yeah. because otherwise I'm right back in high school going, oh, they're killing yep. me, they're killing me, you know? Yep, yep, we're still trapped in the story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that, that, tro- that choice is what empowerment to me means. Are you empowered? Well, if you're empowered, then you have the capacity to choose at any given moment what story you're biting off on and what story you're living wow. into. Yeah, right. We're constantly weaving stories. So are we weaving stories that are too small for us? Or are we weaving stories where we can have some breathing room, where we can still hold ourselves to our highest potential? Right. And just that, you know, and it is a huge exercise in consciousness. I mean, let's not trivialize this at all. It's in those moments when fears arise or these, these small stories are coming to bear, usually it's triggered by something external, right? Exactly. It reminds us of, like you're saying, high school. Then we need to be able to quickly first identify the situation as you're saying, you, you were able to, like, hey, this is a small, this is a small self that's being triggered. And B, really come to very pragmatic, practical tools. What are my tools mm-hmm. available to me? Because we're right. not going to sit there. You know, I'm, I'm not a huge proponent of affirmations. I think that they're beautiful uh, and, and they, can, they can be helpful. But in the moment, we're not going to necessarily verbally convince <laughs> ourselves. You know? I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved. out of a trigger point. It's like, what are... What are our practices like right. made for me? An right. example for me is as soon as I go out into nature, even if it's just to go sit, sit next to a tree for a yes. second, I remember who I am. That's right. I remember that I belong to something much larger than this. I remember that I'm that I'm here to flower and fruit, just right. like just like everything. Right. And I'm I'm going to weave a story where the potential for that flowering and fruiting is. Is I'm going to water myself. <laughs> yes. like I'm going to plant myself <laughs> in some rich soil, and uh, and that's a that's a day to day practice right. that helps ground it because it's you know my mind can try its best. <laughs> no, but I'm when when I when you touch the, at least when I touch the earth actually touch the earth and I was speaking to my beautiful sister in law about this about her son um, because he's an empath. And I said, you know, really, he needs to be touching the earth. And he does because he does sports and he does sports where he's, he's actually touching the ground because that's what I do. I go out and get my hands on the earth and remember mm-hmm. that I'm on this earth, that if I wasn't supposed to be here, I wouldn't be, and that she loves me. Mm-hmm. And if something mm-hmm. as vast and as sacred and as divine as the earth can love me, mm-hmm. then the rest of it, it's just a choice. Yep. 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 And, you know, it sounds, I know that we're talking among, among like, like minds, like kind here, Mm -hmm. but if I were to go outside of our immediate sphere um, and say, well, Hey, I just need to go and touch the earth earth," (laughs) to my dad, you know, he'd be like, well, yeah, whatever. So so, you gotta you know, find a way to make it make sense to him, right? Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. So another way to say this for any of you who are feeling like, yeah, actually, it kind of resonates with, with your dad there, uh, is that we have many ways of knowing as a human being, and only one really has some stress, which, which is our cognitive, rational mind. Right. And the power of the mind is incredible. Right. But let's not forget that as human beings, we have our emotional intelligence, and we have our, our imaginal intelligence that helps us to do things like, hear the tree say something, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or even our physical or somatic way of knowing. Uh, these are aspects or ways of being human that are also have been exiled based on, right. on the overculture or based on, uh, on our social norms now um, for thousands of years. And so I would just say, let's lean back into those ways of being and knowing as, as a true resource, not as something lesser than or something uh, smaller than or something, you know, maybe that, that just provides a little color and shape to our lives. So let's really think about those, those ways of knowing as, as true and necessary. And so that makes going outside in nature and being able to be in all four ways of knowing um, to really stand in our wholeness that way we receive deeper insight, more information, more perspective, um, and we can soften some of the, the inner critic mind that's mm-hmm. going to say, oh, yeah, a tree is really going to help you out here. Well, let's see about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that... So these um, are some of the tools. Yes, and that's a profound t- tool. And with that incredible um, gift that you just gave everyone, we do have to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thank you so much for your energy and for your for your time and what you also just put out to help other people find their way in the world while they can celebrate their gifts, but also be part of and, and be individuals, but be a part of with Mm -hmm. joy instead of fear. So Mm -hmm. I thank you so much for that, Laura. Um, And I'm, I have your, for everyone out there, I have Laura's information that will be in the blog, but she has a website called the rhythm way dot com and it'll i'll have a link to in my blog so reach out to her take a look at what she has um available and and check it out it's worth your while so thank you laura thank you Kristen. wonderful to be here with you today i really appreciate it it's been a blessing thank you Mm -hmm. all right everybody Wow, Laura really gave us some incredible things to think about. And, and of course, you know, I always pick up on the earth and, and finding your way somehow. Remember, you guys, that when we were little kids, it was so easy to imagine a flower or a pond or a frog or something of nature talking to us. Why was that so easy? Because we didn't have all those boundaries and walls and pain to prevent us from hearing a different way. And so if you take anything from this today, you have been given one tool which is accessible to you literally everywhere, and it is your earth. And it is your home, this earth. So go out and find a way to connect that makes sense for you and open up that doorway. I love you. We hope that you found this episode of GDK inspiring. And to raise your vibration even higher, visit my website at goodvibrationswithkristen.com. And don't forget to like Good Vibrations with Kristen on Facebook. What inspires you? Write us. Let us know so we can share your ideas on the show. And meanwhile, keep listening, keep connecting, and know that you are 
are divinely guided.